Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, May 5th. 2014. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at the beginning of chapter 5, How It Works, on page 58. Today's readers are as follows. Lorraine, The Twelve Steps. Do, The Twelve Traditions. Sharon H., Susie K., and Jill T., The Text. The share ID for Sunday, May 4th, is 62 Seven, eight. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lorraine to read the OA 12 Steps. Star 1, Lorraine, to unmute. Hi, this is Lorraine, grateful to have a vision today. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Lorraine. I will now ask Du 
to read the OA-12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Stu, Compulsive Overy. Um, 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is spiritual foundation of all of these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Du. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book at the beginning of Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 58. I will now ask Sharon H. to get us started. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. This is Sharon H. in Colorado, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave 
emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And what really uh, stood out for me in this paragraph is those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. And as um, I have been going through this book since July of 2012, each morning with um, all of you on the line, uh, I was shown uh, to a depth that I had not been willing or able to understand before the seemingly hopeless state of my mind and body when it came to food. I saw that many years ago in another program, but I just could not equate it over to this. So I continued to be one of those that would not completely give themselves to this program. And I was always, um, instead of seeing the, the horrible, horrible problem of that obsession of the mind and then the um, allergic reaction of the body, I just kept trying to find a diet that would work uh, a program that would work, uh, the fellowship within the program that would keep me abstinent. So I had not given myself completely to this simple program. And so I'm so grateful today to know that um, because of God shining that light in my thick head about this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, I didn't know how to handle situations. I didn't know how to deal with people. I had all those bedevilments that are spoken about in this in this book, and um, so then I I just began to see the reality of it, the true reality of this, and that um, the food, of course, I have to put down because that allergy will be there, you know, from now until I'm taken home, and the mind—that's the part that the Steps, the steps work to free us and to show us and to teach us. And there's, there's been, again, a lot of unlearning for me because I had a lot of uh, screwed up ideas that I had uh, gotten over the years because I came into OA in 1981. And in the process of that, I was uh, remained abstinent only uh, five years except for, you know, uh, some here, some there back in the 90s. And so today I am just so grateful to see that um, by God's grace I am able to be honest with myself and see the reality and the facts and then be willing to pick up this simple uh, kit of tools and follow this program. And um, I am blessed today to know that all of you out on the line um, you know, my higher powers used each one of you to, to help me see this truth so that I could live and be set free from this bondage of food addiction that I didn't even realize to the depth and core of my being that I was still trying to do it in my own strength. And that will never work. We are beyond human aid. We need a higher power to give us the strength to do what we need to do on a daily basis, get through these steps, and then diligently, diligently live our lives one day at a time because we do just get a spiritual daily reprieve in steps 10, 11, and 12. And so I am so grateful to be here this morning. 
and be with all of you on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Sharon H. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Sylvia. Hi, Sylvia. Sylvia. Go right ahead, Sylvia. I wasn't sure whether you'd heard. There seems to be some background noise. This is Sylvia, recovered compulsive overeater in upstate New York. And, um, you know, I've been in a lot of uh, meetings where this has been read as part of, you know, the sequence as we open the meetings or closing. And I've, I've always heard it, but, you know, of being honest with themselves, because it wasn't about being honest with someone else, because I was in so much denial on so many levels and still you know, it's an issue with me because I don't want to know things that make me uncomfortable about myself. And so it says, so it has being honest with themselves, rigorous honesty, and they do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And so when I came into program, I had to be honest about my food. And that was really tough because I didn't want to tell you or anyone what I was actually doing because I didn't want to admit it to myself what I was actually doing. So that was a really hard uh, thing to start with, but I was willing because I was desperate. So now, you know, I've been in program nine years. I've been recovered for since August of 2009, I think is when I came in. Um, And this thing about honesty is still something that I have to uh, deal with all the time. And I start every morning with we're getting into that step three prayer, which relieved me of the bondage of self is always a key part of my recovery. But what it's like now is that it's easy to be honest about the food. That's that's piece of cake, pardon the pun. But what it's hard to is to be honest about myself and my relationships with others and my relationships with my children. And I had an wonderful opportunity to um, grow uh, on Saturday with a with a good friend of mine, not in program, but who's very, very uh, open, honest, and, um, and self-aware. And uh, I had said something, and I could see that we had disconnected. And so I asked the question, you know, did you feel judged? Did you feel I was critical in that moment? And then I had to pray to be not not to be defensive and just listen. I had to pray t- for that. And I got to hear some things about myself that I didn't like and it felt terrible. And I'm still a compulsive overeater by disease and I could have my next thought was still, whew, I better eat something. I don't act on it. And then I knew to get in touch with my sponsor to do some writing because I don't want to be that way. If that's the way I am, I don't want to be that way. So uh, my my kind of summary is that this is a everyday lifelong. We start here and we learn to be honest uh, with our, in our fourth step is really when we learn to be honest. And then it carries on and then it keeps on carrying on every day. I'm not a finished product. I am not perfect. And I still have to grow. Sometimes it's still painful. Um, but very grateful that I'm willing to do this. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Okay, I did hear Bella, 
And did I hear Mary? Larry? Katie from Boston. Oh, Bella, Larry, and Katie. Was there anyone else? Okay, Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love, love this paragraph. And we can see that a lot of times in this paragraph comes the word honest. Wow, it's such an empowering word. I just didn't know what means honest. Before the program, I was sure I am honest. Well, I I am not lying. I am not stealing, stealing. You know, I am really an honest person. Now that I am in the program, thank God I know what means honesty. Before the program, I was driven only by my ego. I was honest only with myself. I didn't know that I am a people pleaser, so and I need their approval. I didn't know who I am, where I am, what I am. I just need I just needed their approval. So I did things that I didn't believe in them. I didn't agree with them. I didn't want them. I just did it because I was honest with my ego only. I wanted to build up my ego. I thought that my ego is the driver of my life. Now that I am in the program, well, I understand different what means honest. Now I want to be connected to God. Now I know that, yes, God is my higher power, and I am a human being. I am very much limited. Now, with thank God, my connection with God, I am not afraid to face reality. And yes, sometimes I, I can see that I want to do things not because I want to, I want to, because I am a people pleaser. And then when I can say, Bella, are you honest? Are you are now honest? Is this really what God wants you to do? Now I know I am not a messenger of my ego. I am a messenger of God. I am here to do God's will and not mine will. Uh, yes, sometimes it's not comfortable for me. Yes, sometimes it's hard for me. But it's a wonderful feeling that I am connected to God. Not my ego is my driver, not anymore. Now I am here to do what God's word for me and not what my ego expects for me. Now I know that yes, to be honest, it means to think about my relation with God, with the higher power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Larry? Thanks, Rebecca. Larry, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Thanks for your service. So, um, you know, in this chapter, it, it, it talks about how, how this deal works, you know, and, you know, it, it's funny. When I, when I read this first paragraph, first, you know, historically, when they wrote this, my understanding is, you know, um, this word rarely. I, I can look to um, you, you know where I where I don't identify with the program. So right away, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail as thoroughly follow our path. I got stuck on the word. Um, 
rarely because I would prove that I would be one that, you know, would follow this thoroughly but would not recover. And uh, so I, 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 I sought a, a way to, you know, to not identify in. But in, in historically, they, Bill wanted to write this as, you know, um, not to use the word rarely, um, but you know the first 100, they you know they they did and you know and they and they said you know but I've in the program you know since I've been in here I've told people that I've I've never it's just a fact I've never seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path that would that would give us some sort of indication that you know if uh, gosh me what if what if I thoroughly or, or I have been that's what I would say I have been thoroughly following this and I haven't can't scrape together two, three days of, of abstinence and I can I haven't changed much and but I'm following this thing. So it must I must be one of them. That's not the case. I've never seen that. It says those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. It is a simple program, but it's hard. Um, it is a challenging, um, hard program. It's very simple. You look on the next page here, you see the path that they talk about. That's very simple. Um, but many people, what makes it hard is many people are not willing to follow that path. And usually men and women who are constitutionally <clears throat> incapable, incapable of being honest with themselves. And so, you know, I thought, well, <clears throat> that's me. And, uh, I mean, if you, if you saw me for decades, you'd say, well, yeah, he's, he's one of those unfortunates. <laughs> he can't get honest with himself. But, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, I stand before you today, um, you know, as, as someone who did, uh, who did, God has removed this problem for me. It does not exist for me today. And, you know, when you hear that, I hope you don't hear that I'm saying that I'm cured or you hear some sort of cockiness or, you know, in the promises it talks about that. I don't feel that way. I just know that God has changed me. You know, after all, how could I go from being a guy who, day after day after day, the same things, you know, beaten up, uh, bloodied by this disease, and yet I'm a changed man before you today. How did, how did that happen after decades? You know, am I, am, I, um, am I special? Am I unique? Am I more deserving of you? Um, well, I think you know the answer to that. Not, not at all, you know, but God is merciful. And, and you know, you know, maybe I was naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty, but I can tell you it was a temporary situation, you know, um, and, and as long as it remained that way, sure, my chances were less than average. But as soon as I um, was convinced, and you didn't convince me, no human power could relieve me of my alcoholism. The disease convinced me to stop, um, you know, to work this program, to work this simple program. And, um, you know, even people with grave emotional and mental disorders, uh, perhaps I'm one of them, you know, many of them do recover. So this, this first paragraph is a message of hope. It's a, it's a message of hope that you, you can take a person like me. God takes us where we're exactly, precisely where we are and alters our thinking and thus you know, when our, when our thinking is altered, we change, you know, and my actions began to change. And for me, it was a process. It didn't, it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't hear trumpets and see angels, you know. It happened over time, but we have to be patient in working the process. 
And so uh, I'm very grateful for this, and, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Katie G? Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, grateful recovered for today, compulsive overeater, and so excited to be at How It Works. When my sponsor and I got to this chapter, she pointed out to me that it's not why it works, it's how it works. So in what way? Um, and I was always asking why. Um, she then said to me, you know, thoroughly, which is exhaustive and painstakingly, followed, which is to come after someone, and um, our path and our simple program. And what is a program? It is a plan that brings us to a goal. And what's our goal? Is to be recovered for today, is to have a spiritual awakening so that um, sufficient to overcome my only solution to anything that I have ever tried, which has been food, right? Because food has been a step up from how I felt about myself. It has been a congratulatory thing, a thing to cut me off. It has been something to help me find oblivion because I was so uncomfortable in my own skin. And I'm grateful that the previous speakers have talked about honesty, you know, three times in this first paragraph. And what's honesty? Freedom from deception. And what for me today, what I'm learning and what I continue, what I, I started learning is this isn't about cash register for me, right? Like I knew black and white. I knew if you give someone $5 and, you know, the, the total is $4, you owe them a dollar, right? I have to keep the math simple because it's too early in the morning. I understand that. But what are the lies of my disease? What are the lies that are based on fears that I'm telling myself? that are allowing me to behave in a certain way. So first thing, I'm a mind reader. So you're looking at me a certain way. So that means that you are judging me, your character is fascinating me, so go screw. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to rip you down and your family too, and that's how I'm going to act in the world. And then I wonder why people don't like me. You know, those are the lies that I tell myself. And, and thank God, you know, I, I continue to uncover those lies on a daily basis. One of the lies I told myself this weekend was that something was happening for a specific reason. A certain person was treating me in this way because of something that happened years and years ago. And uncomfortably enough, my mom said to me, that's an old story, Katie. And I realized in that moment, thank God, because I'm abstinent and, I, and I'm alive and I have a connection to God today, that I was, I was adding to the situation because of the fear that I'm not good enough and I'm going to be rejected. I told myself lies that this person was doing something that may or may not have been happening that happened long, long ago, and then I based my behavior based on that lie. And guess what? People were not happy with how I was behaving. And thank you, God, today I was open and available enough to sit with that and think, wow, oh, my gosh, okay, God, help me see this differently. This is where I'm wounded. This is my old, old thinking. Help me get present. Help me get to 2014. And because of that, I had a spiritual experience with my family. And I was able to do things differently and show up as a woman of honor, dignity, and grace. Um, because I, was, I, I, I have been cultivating this capacity to be honest, which, of course, starts and ends with the food. Because if I'm lying about my addiction, I'm never going to get anywhere, right? I'm never, if I'm still worshiping the food, God can't get in. But what a privilege it is today to be able to unpack this. And if what I've said is confusing to you, 
Well, if you haven't done the steps, that's why. It's okay. I don't need to get into like future stuff. But this is what we're learning, right? This is what we learn in our four steps. What are, what are, the, what are, what are our selfishness and what's the lie I'm telling myself? What's the truth of the situation and what's my fear? And I can go to God and say, God, please remove the fear that, 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 what, that I'm not good enough. Help me not believe the lie that this is happening. You know, and people call me all the time and they say, well, this is happening because this person did it us. And I'm, I'm like, well, are you a mind reader? Because if you are, i got plenty of situations that I need that. You know, but I'm so grateful for the privilege of being able to show up in the present moment because that's where I get rocketed to every single day that I stay absent and do the work. So if you're confused and wondering how the heck you get to this point, follow our program, follow our path. There is a solution. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Yes, this is Jean. Hi, Jean. This Go is right Jackie. Ahead. I'd like to share. Okay, Jean and then Jackie. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Jean, recovered in Oregon. And, um, of course, the, the honesty comes out um, in this paragraph, the idea that we need to be honest. And this was a puzzle uh, for me because I thought that I was being honest. And um, and so as others have shared, I, I there was this horrible undercurrent to my thinking that said, um, well, you're, you're one of the constitutionally incapable losers. Once again, Jean, you're a loser. And um, I hung on to that one and beat the drum and created a drama out of that for years and years. But um, what finally helped in my case was studying the big book, and in particular reading some of the stories in the back. And one story, um, which I cannot recall offhand, uh, talked about a situation where a person had, gotten drunk and, I don't know, wrecked the car and got in jail or uh, spent the rent money, the usual drama. And a recovered person was talking to them and they they asked them the question, posed the question, is it the symptoms of your drinking that you want to be free from or is it your drinking? And that was such an epiphany for me. I realized that after years in the program, I still just wanted a diet. I wanted to be thin, bless my heart, you know. And it, I really wanted to continue playing my food games. And once I saw that, and then the, by virtue of, of becoming a student of the big book and hearing all the time, over and over, Bill articulate the idea that it's the noise in the head that drives us nuts. And I finally begin to appreciate that. And in that appreciation, why I was freed from that particular deception. And it was just uh, allowed me to take a giant step and for the first time kind of leave behind um, how I thought it worked, <laughs> and embrace how it works. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you, and I'll pass. 
Thank you, Jean. Jackie? Hello? Hi, Jackie. Oh, okay. Hi, thanks. I thought I had lost the line. This is Jackie, grateful compulsive overeater. Uh, thank everyone for being on the line this morning. Oh, what a beautiful story uh, here and how it works. And uh, there were so many touching comments this morning that made me weep a little bit here because uh, honesty is a hard thing for me. You know, being honest and and uh, seeing the truth when it steps in front of you. And I had a situation where I started a job, and um, a young lady said some mean things to me uh, on this job. And one of the things she said, if I was the hiring manager, I wouldn't have never hired you because I think you're too overqualified for this job. And that sent me out. It made my mind flip. It twisted. And uh, I kept trying to ignore this young lady. The more I tried to ignore, the worse she got. So finally... I slipped, I snapped on her, which I shouldn't have. And this is about being honest today. And hearing everybody's story really helped me to see uh, a reflection of myself within this young lady. And I really appreciate all the comments this morning. And uh, this has truly helped me get back on track of recognizing who and what I am and who and what I was. And the data honesty has truly helped me to... uh, not want to be that person that I used to be. And uh, I'm so glad that Bill wrote it because to be in a character that I don't want to be in really damaged my soul. And today uh, through this program, you guys have shown me how to light that flame back up because I thought I was losing it. And I thank every one of you so much, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Jackie. This is Rebecca, and I'd like to share on this paragraph. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. And one thing that pops out at me is the words themselves twice in this paragraph. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. And You know, the word self is in there, and um, I was constitutionally incapable of being honest of my own self because my self was serving my ego, and my ego wouldn't allow me to be honest with myself. I didn't know how. I didn't have the information, the tools, and I was trusting and relying on myself. So where would honesty fit into that? I might damage my ego if I became honest with myself. But by the grace of God, these this program has been delivered to me and to all of us on the line and really to anyone who seeks it that uh, God can teach us through these steps, at least that's how I see it, to become honest. We don't have to figure out how to be honest of our own self. We don't, you know, it isn't a self-program. It's a selfless program and a spiritual program, one governed and directed by our higher power or higher powers, however you want to put it. So all I had to do was show up 
desperate, dazed, confused, and have a glimmer of hope that something greater than me could help me out of this quicksand I was in that I dug of my own self to serve my own ego. And um, then God, through all of you and through this book and the teachings of the book, taught me about honesty. I didn't know from honesty. And it's, it is a simple program, but it isn't easy because it's very hard to relinquish the ego and you know, it, it's an ongoing process. I'll be doing that, I imagine, with God's help for the rest of my life. But I have a willingness now to recognize when my ego is rearing her ugly head and to be honest about it now by using these steps and the tools in the program so that then God can restore me to sanity and it's done through honesty. And I also want to bring us to the back of the book where Herbert Spencer is quoted. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, page 568, which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation and I had contempt because if I was going to turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher power through this program my ego didn't like that my ego had contempt for that so those of you who are having trouble becoming honest if you could just Open your hearts to the fact that this program will teach you how to do that, and you'll be so glad you did. That's what I believe, because that's what happened for me. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share? Elizabeth, this is Sally. Elizabeth, and then Sally. Yeah, so Elizabeth first. Um, Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Um, this is Elizabeth, recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, I too love this paragraph for um, uh, how blatantly they tell us about honesty. Um, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail. Fail at what? To recover, not not eat, but to recover. All the pages prior to this have been talking about how we can become recovered. But in the very beginning of the book, and we don't I don't know if this group reads the preface and the forewords, um, but in the on the last page of the foreword to the first edition, it says the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. And that word honest has been taken out since then and it just says desire to stop drinking and in no way desire to stop eating. And um and that was me. I had a desire to stop because I wanted uh, to be thin and I wanted um, the consequences, the, the psychic pain, the, the, you know, the terror, bewilderment, despair and remorse that I'd wake up with in the morning. I wanted all of that to end. But I was scoffing at myself 
or not at myself, I was scoffing at, you know, what the doctor's opinion said about the allergy. Um, I had contempt prior to investigation. And um, so as a result, without having complete honesty, my first step was not solid. It was not, as some people say, you know, the only one we have to take perfectly. Um, I spent over 10 years in the program trying to get my way in life um, better, trying to find ways to be able to eat and, and lose weight, eat and be recovered. You know, I, I wanted my way, my way, my way. And um, this uh, this paragraph would baffle me because I had people all around me telling me how honest I was. You know, I had five years of abstinence um, at one point, um, you know, written down, called in, committed, weighed and measured. But I was still crazy. I was thin. I was abstinent, but I was still crazy. And it's because I didn't recover. The mental obsession was not lifted. And um, it, it took what it took for me to get to that place of um, being willing to look at the things that all of you have looked at or a great number of you um, on on the line, the, the recovered members have, have where you've got where you went to, and that was um, to be entirely honest with myself and about my food. Um, it was scary, and I didn't. I, I I don't know if I could could have ever done it, but I, but I finally stopped scoffing at the idea of the allergy. I finally stopped having contempt prior to investigation. I suppose I got to a place of desperation. Um, and I finally was able to fully take the first step. And as a result, I, I'd worked the steps eight different times before out of the big book, but I didn't recover because I hadn't been entirely honest with myself about you know, what I really wanted from this. And what I really wanted was to be thin and still be able to eat because um, the food was still doing something for me. But um, I finally, uh, thank God, surrendered and have had an experience now where I've been, where I've recovered. The mental obsession's been lifted, and um, all because my first step was solid this time. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Elizabeth. Sally. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. This is Sally, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. I, too, wanted to weigh in on this very, very special paragraph. Um, to begin with, where it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And I picture these men literally on a, a dusty path that are uh, walking ahead of us, which they have done so nicely with uh, providing us with this precious book. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Not, not an easy program, but certainly a simple program. And I'm reminded of um, what a fellow said recently, that it's just not enough to, to need this. We all see people around us daily who really need this program. It's not even enough to want it anymore. The truth of the matter is we have to be willing to do it. And that's where we are now in the book. We're in how it works. They're going to tell us what we have to do, not what we need, not what we want, 
what we have to do. And when I get to these, you know, of course, people have wisely pointed out how many times they use the word honest here. I am reminded for myself of how sick I have been. Uh, I have been such a sneak eater most of my life. I was carrying my food to my bedroom, carrying my food to my car and putting, putting my car in a very quiet place where nobody could see me. I was, I was not honest with myself or even my family or the world. People would all, you know, ask me, how is, how is it possible? My, my children particularly would ask me, how is it possible that you could be gaining weight, Mom? You never eat. Of course I never eat because I never eat in front of them because I was a sneak. I wasn't honest with them. I wasn't honest with me. Oh, another one. Don't take my picture because my picture might get out there. The world might see just what I look like right now. And that was another part of my dishonesty. I don't want my picture taken. I would bite your head off if you took my – I would literally – you would be at risk of losing your camera if you took my picture. I didn't want my picture out there. I wanted to eat in secret. And the most important thing I see here is this part about honest with me. It doesn't matter anymore whether my family, my friends, my coworkers, anyone gets that I have an allergy to food and a compulsion of my mind. I don't have to explain myself anymore. I don't have to elaborate. They ask me, would you like some of this? No, thank you. I don't have to tell them why. I don't have to. This was who I was for so long. I had to explain myself. I couldn't just be because I wasn't comfortable with who I was. Now I can be honest with me and I can simply know I have to know who I am and how sick I have been and who I am. Thanks for letting me share. With that I pass. Thank you, Sally. Why don't we move on to the next paragraph with Susie Kay? Good morning. This is Susie Kay from Maine. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Um, and, and this was... For me, um, when I found the program wasn't working for me, I started looking around the room and um, looking at people that I wanted to be like, um, that I wanted to, to, you know, be like them. And what I, I was looking for was people who were peaceful, who had, who seemed calm and um, uh, were maintaining healthy weight and, um, you know, and I started asking those people how they got that and, um, and I started, um, you know, I took their suggestions um, and one, you know, first I had to get abstinent again and um, they helped me do that. They shared how they had done that. And then once I did that, then I became, was becoming attracted to people who had worked this program of recovery. And, um, and now I'm recovered myself. So um, I, I think this paragraph also um, harkens back to the doctor's opinion on Roman numeral 28. Um, Brought the emotional appeal seldom suffices. 
the message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. And so, you know, this message of what we used to be like, what happened and what we are like now needs is coming. I mean, the folks who wrote the big book were recovered. So, um, but the, this message for me as somebody entering into recovery, um, as a newcomer, um, you know, it had to be delivered by somebody who was recovered and had done this work. And so it can't be just any message. It can't be an advertisement on TV or, you know, something I can do that's going to fix it really quick. The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic or these compulsive overeating people must have depth and weight. So it really needs to come from other people who share my problem, who have recovered and um, that's how this program works. This par- paragraph really epitomizes that, that, you know, we share what it used to be like so that we relate to newcomers, what happened, and what we are like now in our recovered state. Um, and then you just need to decide that you're willing to go to any length to get it. And I really was, and, um, and here I am. So thank you very much. I'll pass. Thank you, Susie Kay. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Lauren S. This is Paula Mancia. Lauren S. and then Paula. Go ahead, Lauren. Thank you. Um, this for this paragraph, I like to ask myself on uh, the third line. Um, I consider the twelve steps separately, and I ask myself, Have I decided I want what they have, and am I willing? to go to any any length to get it, and uh, am I willing to take these proven and unfailing steps? And then I went through each step, and, uh, you know, I said, am I willing to, in the future, do this inventory and go through the rest of the work? And uh, here in Chapter 5, I was taught Step 3, page 58 to the bottom of page 63. The first half of step three outlines the spiritual path and the first requirement, which is that I be convinced of the ABCs and that my life run on self-will can hardly be a success. When convinced, I consider the third step decision on page 62. Um, and uh, so so uh, when I was, yeah, so so just in these first two paragraphs, I just, kind of just asking myself, am I willing to make a decision to continue on in the work? Um, And uh, have I uh, been, where food was concerned, incapable, being honest with myself? Um, And, yeah, I, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren S. Paula? And thank you, Rebecca. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader. You know, what a chapter. How it works, finally. All directions given. But first preceded these four, first four chapters in the doctor's opinion, and then here we come. And the first word here is our. Now they were joining again, our stories. So we come together, disclose, finally, finally, to open, to reveal to uncover all of that in a general way. 
You don't have to be specific because, see, I walk alongside you. You walk alongside me. We know. We know what brought us here. But what we used to be like, I absolutely want to, what we used to be like, I remember because I can't forget. And I know I shouldn't because they're the joy I can share with. What happened and what we are like now. What we are like now. You know, it says on page 29, each individual. Now, first we have the owl, but first it begins. Each individual in the personal story describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. They're the beginning. Our relationship has been established. We've come to this place, and now we go on and we make a decision. And now we're finally ready. Sounds like ready, set, go. So here we are. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is Pat. Did you say Cass? Pat, P-A-T. Pat, I beg your pardon. Go ahead, Pat. Hi, this is Pat in Washington. And I really appreciate the line, um, go to any length. And when I think of go to any length, I think of go to any length to be honest as it talks about in the previous paragraph. And sometimes I've had that um, dilemma, which um, which comes first, um, the chicken or the egg, or which comes first, abstinence or honesty. Um, do I have to become honest so I have abstinence, or do I have to have abstinence to become honest? And what I've come to know is that um, my abstinence fuels my honesty, and then my honesty fuels my abstinence. So it really doesn't matter to me what comes first. Uh, what I've come to know is that uh, the only thing that really counts that matters is it needs to be God-centered. And that's what I learned in steps uh, two and three that as I became more God-centered, I became more honest. And as I became more honest, my abstinence was um, was given me. And so I'm just very grateful to um, all the visionaries that have gone before to help me to get to this place of being recovered. And I know I um, haven't been able to do it alone, um, but I just have done it with uh, my higher powers help and the help of the people who have um, shared their experience, strength, and hope with me and have what I want. And it's, it's given me the courage to go to um, any length to um, become the whole person I'm called to be. I pass. Thank you, Pat. Does someone else want to share before we close? Sue G. Sue G. Yep. Yes. Okay, Sue Hello. G. Hi. There's someone else on the line besides Sue G who wants to share. Okay, Sue G. Go right ahead. We can't hear you. Star one, Sue G.
Okay. Perhaps we lost Sue G. Hi, I'm back. I don't know why my my phone is giving me weird signals. Okay. okay. Um, it from... could be kind of short because I'm squeezing you in, Sue G. Go right okay. ahead. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, okay, I was just going to say that this part of this chapter is kind of a bridge from uh, step two to step three. And something that helped me is to look at the traditions and that um, the second tradition talks about um, finding a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience, our leaders about trusted servants, they do not govern. This is a guide to the process of, of uh, rendering he as boss, um, not a loving Sue as she may express herself in her group conscience. It's a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. I may not think God is he, but he reminds me, well, I'm not a he, it's not me. And that's what I have to accept with that, step two. Then it says, number three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Well, I have to read the long form of the traditions, which um, says that... Um, the desire for sobriety gathered together for with the desire for sobriety is what is required. So that that fits me better with my OA tradition because it says that we have to gather together to find the process, the way to attain sobriety. And our sobriety is not stopping eating, it's stopping it's the desire to stop eating compulsively. And that does definitely apply to each of us in its own way. And we can look to people who are recovered. Um, and, and I look to people that now I'm part of that recovered group to um, help me to maintain my sobriety, which is not eating compulsively. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Suji. Okay. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Jill T. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. God. Can we, Rebecca? Yes. Jill? This is Jill T. Recovered in Connecticut. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him. Jill, we lost you. If you're not Jill, please mute your phone. Can you hear me? Yes. Do you want to start I, over, Jill? Sure. Thank you. Uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize only a little. I thought I, thought I was going to speak, Devorah. You cut me Devorah, out. Devorah, Devorah, I didn't hear you ask to speak, and now we've run out of time, but we have another hour coming up, and perhaps you could be the first one to share 
in the second hour. Right now we're closing the meeting. Please mute your phone. Go ahead, Jill, if you don't mind, one more time with gusto. (laughs) Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.